On December 29, 1980, around 9 p.m. on State Road 1485 near Dayton, Texas, three people driving encounter an extremely bright light in the sky. For the next several days, and even the next several years, they all three experienced severe illnesses. What did they see, and what really happened? You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Cash Landrum UFO Incident. Welcome <laughs> to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement. And as you can hear, we're starting early. Actually, it's late, but anyway. Well, I'm just mad at myself because I can't talk. I've spent 39 years on this earth being taught the English language, and I still can't pull it off. And yet you give me shit about it. Well, it ain't as bad that's as because, you. That's because no one hears yours because I edit all yours out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right, if man. If they only knew just how many times we have to do that opening to make it sound as decent as it does. It really doesn't even smell, sound that good, but that's the best one we get. <laughs> Well, good news is we have a new patron, Miss Jody Sparks from Fruitland Park, Florida. Not Come bad. on down, that's, Jody. That's amazing. Just in time to get included what, on the Christmas list. We're trying to get that sorted out. We are going to send you guys some random stuff. You're, it's not junk, but it's stuff that my wife decided that I, that I didn't need anymore. So it's some pretty good stuff, though. I mean, it's not, it ain't cheap. I but, put out a Patreon message earlier this week that said if you were a New York Giants fan to get in touch with us, and no one has yet. So oh. I will put it out on our social media and see if we get any hits there. Also, by the time you hear this, it'll probably already be out there. But we're going to have a little you know who surprise Christmas. You know who might be? Hmm. Gary Sudbury. He might. I might see if he Text him. I'm going to text him, man. I'll text the man right now. We got any of them there five star reviews? We don't. We we're 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 caught up, but that doesn't mean we're not appreciative of the ones we have. Well, we are changing it up this week. We are actually not doing a missing persons case. I know it's shocking. What well, what are we doing? <laughs> I thought this was the missing bruise. <laughs> we did. I mean, I'm sorry. Well, we got on a, They just happen to be some of the most fascinating cases that we come across. Yeah. I mean, it's not our fault. That missing people fi- cases we find extremely yeah, interesting. It's, it's not our fault. And the, since we don't have sponsors, we don't have anyone to, yeah, to argue with. Yeah, the one with. that we had last week, man, I, we had to cover that one because it blew my mind that I'd never heard of it. So hopefully you've heard it by now and you enjoyed it too because I really screwed up the opening of that one. Yeah, he hammered that one. <laughs> we, did, we did it like. 18 times i'm like i don't know how to make it sound good like anyway moving on all right well since we don't have any five stars let's just jump right into it ladies and gentlemen the most important part or the least important part whichever way you want to look at it we are drinking conspiracy theory ipa from the great southern star brewing company in texas want to thank our stars at night are big and bright deep in the heart of texas no 
Yeah. want to thank our uh, beer mule, Shep Dog, for helping us out and getting some of these beers that we cannot find here in Georgia. Shep's out in the Midwest, so he does a great job. And that boy is not afraid to travel. He went to Oklahoma State game, and he kind of helped us out there. So thank you again, Shep Dog. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to dive into this may be one of our first true UFO cases. No, it isn't. We did uh, we did Valentich, Frederick Valentich, and that some bitch was abducted by aliens. Well, that's what you say. That's what you said too. <laughs> I know. I was here when you said it. This is also the man that thinks we covered a case and we argued about it. L- listen, <laughs> I don't. Like, we're gonna have to cover. We're the covering case now. it. We're covering it next week. <laughs> yeah, we're covering it next week because it's a full blown deja vu, unadulterated Mandela effect. Okay, butterfly effect. It, her name is Cindy James, and weird things happened to her, and I swear on a stack of Bibles. When we looked up the Cash Landrum UFO incident, we found the Unsolved Mysteries episode with it on there. And I'm watching the first segment, which is on Cindy James. And I'm like, why didn't we put that out? And I looked through all our episodes and I'm like, we didn't put it out. So I texted you and I'm like, why didn't you put out the Cindy James episode? And you're like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I have distinct memories of us recording this episode i have memories of uh, arguments we had recording that episode which means tune in next week because i'm pretty sure he's gonna make sure we argue i'm gonna make <laughs> damn sure we argue about it next week because it's the damnedest thing i've ever experienced because i swear to, i would swear on a stack of bibles right now and i'm not a religious person but I would stare, uh, stare. I would swear on the Bible, the Quran. What's the the Jewish one? The Torah. You put them all three right here on top of each other, and I would swear that we covered that case. Well, it's insanity. It is insanity. On the evening of December twenty ninth, nineteen eighty, Betty Cash, Vicky Landrum, and Vicky's grandson, who was seven at the time. Colby Landrum were driving home to Dayton, Texas in Betty Cash's Oldsmobile Cutlass. They had Which gone... a nice car. They had gone to play bingo, but the ladies forgot that it was actually Monday instead of Tuesday, so they drove to bingo and the bingo hall was closed, so they decided to eat before coming home. So at about 9 p.m., they were traveling down a two-lane rural road in the dense piney woods. Both ladies would state that they observed a light above some trees, and they initially thought the light was an airplane approaching Houston Intercontinental Airport, which is about 35 miles away, and didn't really think much about it. A few minutes later, they saw what they believed to be the same light as they had originally seen, but now it was much closer and very, very bright. The light, they stated, came from a huge diamond-shaped object which hovered at a round treetop level. At the base of this object, flames were shooting out at random intervals. Which is like really, really punk rock of it, you know. Flames shooting out. I mean, that's, you gotta, yeah, that's some good stuff, man. 
and it was emitting a significant amount of heat. Vicki Landrum told Betty to stop the car, and she was afraid that the car was going to be burned if they got any closer. That's how intense the heat was, according to her. Vicky's opinion of the object quickly changed from something unknown to what she would state was a sense of calm because she was a born-again Christian. Yeah, she's going to think it's the second coming of Jesus. And she would tell her grandson, that's Jesus, he will not hurt us. So she is totally at ease and gets out of the car to get a closer look at it. That's some brave stuff. I'm telling you that right now, because they, that if there's ever a UFO incident involving the coach, you're never going to hear the words. And then he got out to get a closer look. You might hear. And then he was found whimpering in the back seat of the car, unconsolable, with poop in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> but you're never going to hear. Betty would state later that she was extremely anxious and considered turning the car around but decided that that would not work due to the road being extremely narrow and the fact that it had just rained that evening and she was afraid that the car would get stuck on the shoulder of the road. So she would get out and join Landrum in the front of the car to get a closer look at the object. Meanwhile, in the car, little Colby was terrified. Of course he was. Vicky decided to quickly return to the car to comfort him. Betty remained outside of the car, kind of mesmerized by the object and the flames and just the whole scene. And she would tell this to Jerome Clark, who wrote a book covering the incident. She stated to him, the object was intensely bright and a dull metallic silver. It was shaped like a huge upright diamond about the size of the Dayton water tower with its top and bottom cut off so that they were flat rather than pointed. Small blue lights ringed the center, and periodically over the next few minutes, flames would shoot out in odd intervals. She would state that the flames would create a large cone, and every time the fire dissipated, the UFO floated a few feet downwards towards the road, but then when the flames would blast out again, it would rise up the same distance. The ladies said they could feel a burning sensation on their faces, though it was a very chilly evening, when... Vicky returned to comfort Colby. She stated that the car was so hot she had to use the corner of her jacket to open the door. That's, I mean, that's hot. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty, pretty darn hot. Vicky also stated that when she touched the car's dashboard, her hand pressed into the vinyl that had been softened by the heat, leaving an imprint that was evident weeks later. Okay, the only thing about that comment that I'm disappointed in is the fact that there is no photographic evidence of that. And that's what everything states. But then I saw an article that said, the, and we'll get into who he is in a minute, but the guy that initially investigated this supposedly told the investigators on the TV show UFO Hunters, they did a whole episode on this. It was season two, episode eight. It's called Alien Fallout. It's called Holy Shit, There's an Alien. <laughs> Um, they would, would say that be there the was a picture. Every, yeah, but they don't show it. Mm-mm. That's the Basically, th- there's not a documented photo, but that's supposedly there is a photo yeah, out there. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. They say there's a photo, but you never see it. So That would be an awesome photo. It's just frustrating. I'm just, it's just a little frustrating. You know, sometimes things just don't work out the way you want them to. So. 
So after we, we, we got to move on, that's it. I mean, we just can't. We we just got to accept that there's not a photo out there. Okay. So after Vicky gets back into the car, the object starts to move higher in the sky, and as it got just over the treetops, the ladies claim that a group of helicopters approached the object and surrounded it in a tight formation. Not just a group of helicopters. Well, when we say a group of helicopters, some of you may think four, six. They say they count. 23 and not just helicopters we're talking boeing ch-47 chinooks if you don't know what those are them them super cool ones with the double rotors that the that is mainly used by the united states army okay also used according to their wikipedia by the japan ground self-defense force and the indian air force but Primarily in the United States, it is an army vehicle. Now, both ladies in an interview in 1985 would state that it, all the helicopters they saw had United States Air Force on the side of them, which is up for debate, like Coach said, because at the time it was known as an army transport helicopter. Correct. Or it was a, those helicopters are the ones you see towing in huge pallets, the Jeeps, everything. Yeah. With the road now cleared, Betty decides to drive on, claiming to see glimpses of the object and the hel- helicopters in the distance. So Betty would drop both Vicky and Colby off at Vicky's house and proceed to her home. She immediately became ill, experiencing a headache, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, red, blistered skin, and swollen eyes. The Landrums would experience similar symptoms, but very less severe than Betty's. Which really do lead credence to the um, the genuineness of the case because that's exactly what you would expect because the other two didn't get out of the car. What's well, Vicky did, but not she wasn't out there as long as Betty was. Yeah, so, Betty, yeah, Betty got out and stood there for a long time. Now, both Vicky and Kobe would state that they had upset stomachs and what they would say looked like a very bad sunburn on their skin now there is photographic evidence of the illnesses the blisters and the whatnots they do take photographs of that yes and it was betty would be admitted to the hospital on january 3rd of 1981 after losing large patches of skin and clumps of hair and she would lapse into a semi-conscious coma yeah so i mean there is absolutely positively no doubt that they were exposed to something. And what she's experiencing is going to be determined to be radiation poisoning. So they were exposed to high levels of radiation. Yeah, and more specifically, an ionizing radiation that they feel, or I'm sorry, that the medical radiologist, Mr. Peter Rank, would state that was probably combined with some infrared or ultraviolet light as well. Now, another... Here's the thing. You're not going to expose yourself to this for a hoax. I promise you that much. And another doctor, Mr. Brad Sparks, would contend that although the symptoms were somewhat similar to those caused by ionizing radiation, the rapid onset was only consistent with a massive dose that would have meant certain death in a few days. However, later, a doctor that... Vicky would, I'm sorry, Betty would see on a regular basis, 
he would surmise that it was not a massive dose, but a more gradual dose. That's why it did not kill Betty, since she was the one exposed the most. Yeah, but I mean, it had to be a, an extreme dose. Like, yeah, he was. You saying don't something just lose like patches of hair and skin and skin from a low dose radiation exposure over time. No. And you're certainly not going to do that to yourself. Correct. So what, whatever happened, whatever exposed from, however much radiation she was exposed to happened from the craft. Bottom line. I don't give a damn what that guy says. The doctor that she would, I cannot remember his name for the life of me, but he's in the UFO Hunters episode. He would state that he felt like it was a combination of radiation poisoning and some kind of chemical contamination that the craft, like the exhaust yeah. of the craft was giving yeah. off. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Now, from the first sighting of the object to it leaving with the helicopters, all three would state that it lasted about 20 minutes. That's a long time. Yes. Especially and when you're seeing a UFO. Based That's on a long time. Yeah. A very long time because most UFO sightings are few seconds, couple of minutes at the most. Yeah. Now, uh, John Schusler wrote a book about the incident, and it appears, like Coach had stated in the opening, that they were traveling southbound on Texas State Highway 2100 at the intersection of 1485 i was about to say man i said 1485 don't be telling people i was lying no i'm not <laughs> the initial location of the reported object based on the same descriptors was just south of inland road and if you investigate this they actually give you the latin line of where that's located if you wanted to plug it into your little google maps latin line that's a weird language it is it's a <laughs> lot of decimals <laughs> <laughs> you said Latin. Listen to you, man. You're trying to be all the Latin line. Like, what are you? Are you too? You too cool to say longitude? Prepper, latitude? man. I'm a prepper. I'm prepping. You just too latitude and longitude. There we go. Jesus. Do you feel better? I do. All right. Now that you're not all enchanté. <laughs> <laughs> uh, investigators would locate other witnesses and one of them was they said a, that they they claimed that they talked to every single solitary person that lived within a 10 mile radius and there was one mr lamar walker he was a detective with the dayton police him and his wife claimed to have seen 12 chinook helicopters near the same area that the alleged event took place roughly the same time, but they did not s report seeing a large diamond-shaped object. However, they... Are you sure? Yeah. However, they did state mm. that the Chinook helicopters had their searchlights on like they were looking for something. Yeah, I said it went... I, did, I do know it said it got him right... In, they, they shined the searchlights right in their eyes. Now, there was another witness, and um, he reported... About, I think the time was about 15 minutes before the incident with Cash and Landrum that he saw what appeared to be a diamond-shaped object traveling towards Dayton mm -hmm. that came over a residential facility. Or facility well, residential going back area. to the going back to the first guy, the fact that he's a, a detective lends a lot of credence to the case because it's that 
it's dangerous for him, his job. Yes. For him to go on record about crazy things like this. Especially this, in could, the 80s. Yeah. They could question him and question his sanity, question his abilities to do his job, and the fact that he's still willing to come out and say what he saw, to me, means he saw something. Yes, and during, yeah. they interview him in that episode as well, and he is no bones about it. This is what happened. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Me and my wife both saw this. Mm-hmm. Later in 1981, in April, to be more specific, there was a, I think they called it Frontier Days. Basically, it was an air show near Dayton. And they would take Colby to see the airplanes and everything. And he saw one of the helicopters and became very upset. And Vicky decided to take him to where one of the helicopters had landed with the hope that it would seem less frightening to him on the ground. When they reached the landing area, they found a lot of people there already and had to wait some time before they were allowed to go inside of the helicopter and talk to the pilot. Vicky and another visitor both claimed that the pilot said he had been in the area before for the purpose on checking on a UFO that was in trouble near Huffman. What? Yeah. Seriously? Yes. I didn't come across that research. That's when, a good job right there. When Vicky told the pilot how glad she was to see him because she had been the one of the people that was burned by the UFO, he clammed up, refused to talk any further, and hustled them out of the aircraft. Ah, uh, of course he did. He don't want to get no trouble. Because that's strange. Burry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back to our previously recorded podcast. Now, in an interview with Cash and Landrum, Landrum, God, Vicky would state, I don't say it's from the Air Force. I didn't see no sign, no name on them or nothing. I was too busy, like I said, uh, when we stopped looking at him and everything he was showing me, you know, the kind. And But they had the twin rotors on them, and we had um, an aircraft day rodeo. There was just one, like the one we saw that lit in Dayton, with a load of National Guard that was going to march in the parade that evening, and I went up there and talked to the helicopter. I mean, I didn't say a word. We was just talking about uh, the shape of the helicopter and everything. It was just astonishing. And I said, do these things ever fly anymore? And he said, we were called out the night of the 29th by the Harris County Sheriff's Department. Vicki would state Montgomery County Sheriff's Department, and when a certain person uh, confronted him, with it, he told him that he had heard about the incident, but they wasn't called out. But that exactly what he told me, and I've got his autograph because if you know a little boy back up there, I got his autograph, and it's right here. To surmise what we just went over, because that's a little difficult, and I read it as best as I could. Vicky basically noticed that she, a National Guard Chinook helicopter, participating in what we said earlier called Frontier Day. She approached the pilot. And the pilot's name was Willie Culbertson and asked if they were ever called out at night to investigate UFO activity. Culbertson allegedly said yes. In fact, they were summoned to the Dayton area by the local sheriff's office on the night of December 29th. Betty was ecstatic, said she was on the ground that evening and had been injured as a result. According to Betty and her friend, Culbertson immediately clammed up, but the sheriff's department said it had never made such a request. Culbertson was located three years later, and he 
admitted to having been deployed to investigate a nighttime UFO sighting, but it was in 1977 in a different location, and they found nothing. He said Vicky and her friend must have been confused. Of course. Of course they were confused. Of course they were. I mean, like, some National Guard guy's not going to just come out and say, yeah, man, was over looking at them UFOs. It does sound kind of weird anyway. Maybe that guy was just talking. Out his butt? Out his ass. And then when they're like, yeah, I'm, I was there. He's like, oh. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Like, I'm going to lose. <laughs> I'm going to get in some deep poop. Yeah. Like, I'm going to lose my job now. I'm going to shut up and just keep looking down. Maybe they won't come back. Now, there were several investigations into <laughs> this incident. Vicky would telephone a number of U.S. government agencies and officials about her encounter. She even telephoned NASA, and they put her in contact with John Schusler because he supposedly, quote, was interested in UFOs. Later in life, he would become MUFON's international director, and that is the Mutual UFO Network. There we go. I was about to say, for those of you who don't know, them's the people you call when you see them that are UFOs. Obviously, Mr. Schusler kept his love of UFOs away from his employer because he was awarded the NASA Public Service Medal and because due to his contribu- contributions to split <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> his contributions to Jesus. <laughs> his contributions to space flight prior to his retirement. So he retired fully from NASA. Well, that doesn't mean that NASA wasn't aware that... I'm fairly sure NASA's aware that people are in NASA are interested in UFOs. Well, at the same time, back then, he would have seen his self unemployed if he had kept saying, hey, I got this, this incident. So he did a good job of keeping his professional and his private separate. Sure, sure. Schuessler sure. organized a multi multidisciplinary team that was able to discover additional eyewitnesses, scorch marks on nearby trees, and the fact that the stretch of highway where the incident occurred was quickly dug up and repaved without leaving a paper trail of work orders from the county or the state. Yeah, so according to him, they he witnessed, many others witnessed as well, a very dark circle in the in in the road where the incident took place a burn circle and then suddenly they return to get some more evidence it gone it's just gone and he's going to claim that he interviewed witnesses that saw unmarked trucks come in dig it up take it off and replace the asphalt as quickly and efficiently as possible which that's that's just kind of strange if you ask me, I yeah, I mean, know. we just had a UFO scorch the pavement, mm-hmm. and then there's some there's some people out here taking measurements. How about we just dig that up? Yeah, why not? No right. big deal. Yeah, no I big mean deal. that doesn't screen conspiracy. <laughs> Cover up, no biggie. Now Schusler later on would state that he felt real bad for Betty because of her painful ordeal that she went through following the sighting. He stated that she was a sweet woman and remained devoutly shocked up into her dying day that Uncle Sam would ever lie to her. She would pass in 1998, and Vicky would pass in 2007. Yeah. Schusler says, 
The last time I saw her, it was upsetting to me to look at what the burns had done to her arms. She was having a horrible time of it. Vicky would get taunted about how bad she looked. Somebody even told her she shouldn't come to church looking like that. Oh my God, really? Well, you know how people are people are peckerheads. <laughs> yes, I mean that's Jesus don't like ugly. Well, and that's pretty ugly. Yeah, it is very ugly. Yeah, there's she's not gonna there's, she's not not one year of her life is gonna go by until she dies where she does not spend some time in the hospital due to her injuries sustained during this incident that is that's insane and the doctor that we referenced earlier she had just happened to go in for a checkup and uh, he saw on the back of her hand a dark burns what he surmised it as and and asked her he said what happened to your hand she said well you wouldn't believe me if i told you so don't worry about it it was just a burn he said no 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 tell me and he said that he knew immediately when she started talking that she was not making any of this up he said it wasn't something that someone would come up with because of some stupid excuse for burning their hand or spousal abuse or anything like that. He said she was genuine. I mean, the, the fact that you're willing to tell... A complete stranger, doctor. Anybody. Yeah. They made no bones this, about it. I mean, seriously, if you if you think about it, a stranger on the street and you're just, you're just going to tell them about this ufo experience that you had they you're running the risk of them thinking that you are completely utterly and hopelessly insane yes especially during this time uh, of of american history this is the 80s yeah early to mid 80s this is not you know the age of youtube and twitter twitter and damn everything's everything's possible because 2020 is going to end this all you know this was this was the Reagan years. <laughs> Cold War. Yeah. Russians are going to get us. Now, eventually, Cash and Landrum contacted their U.S. senators, Lloyd Benson and John Tower, who suggested that the, they file a complaint with the Judge Advocate Claims Office at Bergstrom Air Force Base. In August of 1981, Cash, Landrum, and Colby were interviewed at length by personnel at Bergstrom and were told that they should hire a lawyer and seek compensation for their injuries. Well... I mean, just the simple fact that their congressman took them seriously, that's pretty impressive. They didn't just dismiss them. And on the the Unsolved Mysteries, when they go in to the Air Force Base, they're they're basically going to pack overnight bags because they thought that they were going to get medical treatment. That's what they thought they were going for. And they walked into a damn interrogation. Yes, they did. And And they treated them quite harshly. they, They sure did. And then when they talked about the helicopters, the military helicopters, they were assured that there was no military uh, activity in that area at all at that time, ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, basically they were told that, uh, no, that we weren't, the Air Force wasn't involved, the Army wasn't involved, you guys are basically insane. Yeah, you're mistaken, you didn't see what you saw. Yeah, well, yeah, mistaken, that's yeah. a better way of putting it. Now, they did hire an attorney, Peter Gersten, to take on the case, and he decided to take it on pro bono. The case would find its way through the U.S. courts for several years, and Cash and Landrum would wind up suing the U.S. government for $20 million. Yeah, That's a pretty, chunk of change. That's a pretty chunk of change. Especially, even today, that's well, a chunk yeah, of change. Even today. Not to mention back then, boy. So on August 21st, 1986, a U.S. District Court judge dismissed their case, noting that the plaintiffs had not proved that the helicopters were associated with the U.S. government and that military officials had testified 
that the United States Armed Forces did not have a large diamond-shaped aircraft in their possession. Boy, that's just, that's, that's some great that's judicial stuff, that's man. Coincidence. That's such a coincidence that they don't have that in their possession. We don't even, I've never even heard of the United States military. <laughs> Basically, like, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, I mean, truth be told. That you, the burden of proof falls on them, but course, at the but same you're time, not gonna, you're not going to get the military or the government to yeah. admit. No, that's just not going to happen. No. On July 11th, 1981, Dr. R. Leo Sprinkle, <laughs> I swear to God, that's his name. <laughs> what? Yeah. Hold on. It gets even Say better. Say it again. It gets better. So, hold R. on. R. Dr. R. Leo Sprinkle. <laughs> Would put Vicky under regressive hypnosis. That's amazing. On the ABC network television program, that's incredible. And was paid by the National Enquirer magazine to do so. Okay. The purpose was to attempt to recover additional details about the sighting. During the session, two new details were produced. The scent of lighter fluid and the first mention of blue lights. Vicky is reported to have said it had some blue on it looked like little lights the other thing that is interesting is that lighter fluor fluor <laughs> Ooh, i'm killing it that there lighter flare lighter fluid also has the same smell as helicopter fuel oh of course it does somewhere along the lines a light bright was used to <laughs> detail what the lights looked like. Oh, that is, I mean, you could not possibly get more 80s than that. Show me on the light bright where he hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, somehow, I guess this would make sense. That and I, I'm just, amazing. I'm just going out on a limb here. I'm thinking the kid had a light bright at some time. Probably. And she probably was probably like, look, it's the 80s, these bro. are the... The, the, it looked just like this, and I think that kind of didn't do them any justice in kind of solidifying their case. A picture of the UFO would come out later mm. from them, and it would look extremely similar, and they would state that that is exactly what they saw, and it was the diamond-shaped aircraft in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And if you've well, listened to anything that well, we've ever talked about. Maybe they were about, filming nearby. Yeah. Maybe. And, <laughs> uh, well, in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, if you do any research on that, J. Allen Hynek is on record stating that that movie is not really a movie. It's more along the lines of a documentary. Oh. But that ladies and gentlemen, is another rabbit hole that we're not chasing right now. You used to be fun. Why can't we chase it? Well, you, you want to chase you, it? No you, no, you used to be fun. You used to be all about rabbit holes. <laughs> You've changed. Oh. Now, <laughs> Betty would, under hypnosis, would... Uh, it, God! Oh, Betty, later, under hypnosis, would state, quote, we could not get up close enough to detect what the figure was or I couldn't at least, the lights were too bright in my eyesight. This bright object that made the sky just split up and it looked like the world was coming to an end. It was a very bright red. 
So if that's how she's explaining it, that would lead to her telling she felt like it was the second coming of Christ if she thought the sky was split in half. Well, of course. That makes perfect sense. I mean, that makes more sense than, you know, I mean, it makes just as much sense as damn aliens. True. But she is going to she is going to state that she doesn't believe it's little green men. No, she she she, she doesn't believe it was an alien. She believes it was a, a government aircraft. Yes, but, and she just can't believe that the the government would ever lie to her and tell her that she didn't see what she thought. And if you know anybody that was later in age back then, and I would say they were the she was probably the I mean, the last a, of the greatest generation in that sense. Is she was in her thirties during World War Two. You know, she was probably working in a factory helping for the cause, you know, and she lived through the, the booming 50s and, the, and the, the hippies in the 60s, you know, the pot smokers. We uh, will put a link to an article that goes so over, we, so we say, a lot of this, <laughs> and it has some great artist renditions of what they state it looked like, and in one of them... It is extremely bright, <laughs> but it also has the pictures of them at the time and of their unfortunate sunburns, the their hair falling out and everything. Yeah, that's just, I mean, you can't deny that something happened. You just can't. There's way too much physical evidence left behind in the, in the terms of the illnesses experienced by the ladies and his grandson there's just too much evidence left behind to say that this was a hoax that this isn't that didn't happen or whatever they experienced something yes without question in the episode of ufo hunters one of the few times that they actually get someone on camera bumbling and stumbling they interview a former high-ranking military official at bergstrom Mm mm-hmm and so they say they state <laughs> in the interview that they ask him witnesses state that there was 12 to 23 helicopters in the area and he said well that's not true we didn't have any helicopters in the area and then they pull out a declassified document from the pentagon with his signature on it that states him writing a memo where he stated there was over a hundred chinook helicopters in the area and you talk about someone crawfishing, backtracking, and stumbling over their words. It was a thing of beauty. I'll have to look that up because if you've got the if you have any sort of cable or dish or anything, get the history app and look up that episode. It is hilarious. Well, on DirecTV, just a free plug for history, they just uh, started the History Vault on DirecTV. You can access pretty much every show they've ever put out. That's even which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty. That's awesomer. That's awesomer than than uh, fried chicken. Than just the app. Yeah, yeah, the app sucks sometimes. (laughs) I do like that ball. All right, so theories, theories, theories. (laughs) Some bitches saw like a UFO. I thought that's what we were talking about. Yes, it is a UFO (laughs) by the. Flat-out definition of an unidentified flying object. Exactly. Now, that doesn't necessarily make it extraterrestrial nature, but right. it is 100% an unidentified flying object. And there's two camps in the theories that they witnessed a 
experimental aircraft that was having navigation troubles. And the more you research this, it sounds like the craft had lost some kind of navigation thing. And when the helicopter showed up, they were able to get their bearings, and that's why it flew smoothly away with the escort of the helicopters. Oh, so you're, so you're trying to say that the helicopters themselves were basically just leading it back yes. to where it needed to be. Yes. The other... That's not, bad. that's not a bad theory. No, especially if it's an experimental aircraft. Yeah. The other theory is it is, quote, a UFO from extraterrestrial or- origins, and they are escorting it to the nearest UFO base. Our UFO base, Air Force Base. <laughs> but that doesn't make any sense either. I kind of lean towards that it is an experimental aircraft that was having some kind of difficulty. It's just more plausible in the sense that that, because the helicopters are well, not attached to it, well, they when didn't. You, when you're thinking about a plausible explanation for any of this, you have to go, you're going you're gonna to lean on experimental aircraft you're just going to have to that's the only way to properly explain what's going on now there is some articles out there and there's reddit threads that dive into the propulsion system and it is some type of nuclear pulsating engine that sounds complicated yeah there's a lot of words in there i didn't know and so i didn't think (laughs) i could get it out because i'm killing the u.s you you did the u.s language well it makes sense that there would be if it's an experimental aircraft, it makes sense that the, the helicopters would be there. It also would kind of explain the radiation. Maybe they that's why the, it happened to the lady was that it was never supposed to be that close to the ground. Maybe they knew that it had those type of things. And that's why the cover up, because they don't want to. They if, if they paid out, if they paid those women money for damages, they would have to admit that that thing existed. Correct. And they're not going to do that. It's kind of like when a group of military personnel sued the U.S. government and finally got them to admit that Area 51 existed, but they had had all these health problems from pouring jet fuel on these experimental aircrafts out there and burning them in open pits. Yeah. So, again, they're not going to admit and then pay them. I did find it odd that they wouldn't, they didn't try to pay them off. As in, we're just going to settle out of court. You some can't hush ever talk. Money. Yeah, some hush money. We're not going to give you twenty million, but here's a couple of million to be quiet. Well, um, who's? Well, it makes sense that they would um, fight it in court because it leads credence to these these people are crazy. Like, of course, the military wasn't involved in anything like this, and that now. It makes an example for others to keep their mouth shut. To keep not their come mouth forward. shut, yeah. like you're not going to get anything anyway. So, what's the point? Now, the website that we talked about earlier, it is blueblurrylines.com, and it has three tabs at the top. Actually, it has four tabs, but three of them are dealing with this case. It has all the case documents from MUFON, the Freedom of Information Act. Declassified documents. It also has a transcript of the interview that they, all three of them, had to go through at Bergstrom on August 17th of 1981. It is busted up into two parts, and it is extremely difficult to read. But if you got time, it's very interesting, and I think it paints a better picture of... (laughs) 
They stuck to their story. They ain't never no, faulted. Ain't nobody got time for that. Now, the other is they have some videos from a actual Good Morning America segment that featured Vicky on it and the snip from her going under hypnosis on That's Incredible. They have a documentary from September of 1982. It's about an hour long called The UFO Experience that talks about this. It even gives you the timestamp where to look at. HBO did a documentary with their uh, series, America Undercover, and the episode was called UFOs, What's Going On? And that was in August of 1985. And so they do a great job of pulling all of these uh, videos together in one place. And again, you can, it goes over her photos of her hair falling out, her skin damages and everything. So again, we will post that link on social media. And if you are interested, please look at it. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, if you want to go down the route of it was extraterrestrial, the fact that there is so much information on this case, the fact that they covered it on Unsolved Mysteries, they did documentaries, they they have, uh, she underwent hypnosis on Good Morning America, and they have this, they have that. That goes against pretty much what we've seen as far as the actions of the so-called men in black. Yeah, this would have been... They, a- why would they not try to silence these people the way that we've read about men in black silencing everyone when it comes to UFOs? Why, 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 are the, why is this case the one that gets to speak freely without anyone being confronted or anyone being harassed? Why, why this one? I feel like this one is more, it's better documented than even the Travis Walton case. Yes, I would agree with that. I believe that this is probably the most famous UFO case, uh, probably the the third or fourth most famous. You know, Roswell, of course, and the Kecksburg and all that stuff. But this is pretty well documented. Yeah, there's plenty of stuff out there if you are interested You know, dive into that website. They have a great archive of everything. So what's your theory there, Coach, since I didn't throw mine out there? Well, I'm going to have to. um, The fact that there's so much information available and the fact that uh, they're allowing these people to document all of this is I'm going to side on an experimental aircraft that they're trying to lead people to think that it was... A UFO because there's just too much out there on it and everything that I know about the men in black would not allow this to happen if it was extraterrestrial but here's and, and also when we're speaking of extraterrestrial it is extremely hard for me to believe that they're coming here I believe one hundred and fifty thousand percent that in this universe there's probably countless alien civilization i 125 billion percent believe that aliens exist elsewhere i just don't know if they're coming here because why would they how could they find us how could they travel that far i'm more of a you could honestly if we're gonna sit here and 
argue about these extraterrestrial crafts being alien, I would be more inclined to call them time travelers or extra dimensional creatures, not extraterrestrial. Because space is just too damn big, man. I am more willing to believe in time travel than aliens coming that across the distances that I've learned about in my, my studies as a in my youths. Well, wouldn't it be time travel if you can warp space and time? Well, maybe, but again... Basically, I'm talking about the wormhole theory where yeah. you can go from point A to C if you bend it and try instead of... Not linear, basically. It's not a linear well, shot. Like when they're talking about the Kecksburg, they the, the theory that it was the Diaglaka, the the Nazi bale that was trying to re-enter, know, that came back. Yeah, in time, like it went forward in time, and that was it returning. That was that theory. Maybe this could be the, a similar case because it was it was shaped similar. True. So, I mean, it's just it's so strange for me to. To sit here and argue this, but I just I just don't think aliens are coming here. I just really don't. What if they're already here, as in the guy that supposedly was ripped open? What's his name that was ripped open by the beam when he went underground? Uh, Schneider. Yeah. Phil, Phil Schneider. Schneider. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe. Uh, if, if they're aliens, they ain't coming to visit. They're involved with us somehow. Like, they helped create us. They helped establish our whatever you know i would be more inclined to believe in ancient alien theories than just random ass aliens showing up for no reason not like us going to the tagging fish you don't think aliens are coming around putting no, tags in us yeah there if 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 aliens are yeah, if aliens are here there's here. a big one he's got a beard tag him if aliens are here they're here for a reason and they've known about us and probably helped establish us they're not just visiting that's okay. That's what I'll say. Yeah, they're not visiting. They're not. I agree. We. I, I agree. I'm. We're on the same page yeah. with that one. Yeah. So you know the Anunnaki and the yeah. ancient aliens and all that stuff. Maybe. Maybe they built the pyramids. If that's the case, then maybe it was extraterrestrial that they they witnessed. But I, they, well, I would almost like. I would piggyback off of that and say that maybe it is extraterrestrial in the fact that they helped build that thing. Yeah. And. They were like, no dumbasses, y'all messed something up, go out there and get it, bring it back, and we'll yeah. show you how to fix it. Well, bottom line, this was no hoax. No, you're not going to. This was not a hoax. These and people my thing is about hoaxing yourself, how would they, how could they give their self radiation poisoning in the 80s? How are you going to do that? I don't know. Because what, the first thing? Staying too close to the microwave? Yeah, but you'd have, I, <laughs> are you going to convince a seven-year-old? <laughs> And it's, your best friend to get radiation poisoning? Yeah, it's worth it. Trust us. Like, they, they didn't, they get, pro- they get didn't profit any money. off of this. Yeah. They tried. I mean, they did try. But they were trying to sue the government. It's not like they were selling their story. I didn't I didn't find, and, and please correct us if we're wrong, but I didn't find where they got any money in selling their story. They were trying to get that's compensation f- from the government. That's a fair point, too. If If it was just about the money... They probably would have sold their story, but I mean, there's there. What about the book? There was a book written about this. Yeah, but it was by Schuler. I think yeah, he but, made money. I don't think they got any. I don't know. Well, maybe we need to start doing that. You know, like actual factual research before we start talking out our ass. <laughs> well, that means that one of our our ten thousand dollar Patreon level would need to 
get about eight friends to help us out and pay for us to do this full time. Dude, if they, if I'm telling you, if you're a rich benefactor and you enjoy this show, I can assure you with a thousand percent certainty that this show would improve. Greatly. We would pitch this to big companies. All right, we digress. So Anyway. Yeah, not a hoax. No way in hell this is hoaxed. No, I agree. No way in hell this is hoaxed. I'm probably going to lean more towards an experimental aircraft. Yeah, I'm with you there. That's my not alien. No, I no, I agree. It's not alien. Well, and I think definitely unfortunate that she experienced radiation poisoning, and she should have gotten at least the very least her medical bills covered. Yeah, I think it also leads credence to the experimental aircraft because. The guy in the helicopter was talking about it freely, you know. Well, he was saying aliens, and I think well, he said I think UFO, he's I talking out his ass. And then when she was like, "Well, I was there," then he, and was, he like, was like, "Oh shit! Oh, okay. Well, because I'm gonna shut up because now, if she was there, then my story might not make sense, and I'm just trying to. You know, there's plenty of reasons why he could have clammed up, not just the fact that oh, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. More of the oh shit, they're on to me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't BS my way out of this, so I'm just going to shut up type situation. All right, Coach. Recommendations. Shit, I don't know. Bells, bells. All right, what I am going to recommend since we're talking about space and all that is a YouTube page called Unveiled. U-N-V-E-I-L-E-D. And it has deep questions. Like, what if, what if we're living in a lucid dream? What if the moon fell to Earth? Uh, what if aliens are time-traveling human beings? What if humanity was a type 4 civilization? And they also have the type 3, type 2, type 1. If, you're not, if you don't know exactly what the, that means, look into the different, types. the different types of civilizations. It's pretty amazing. Let's just say we, don't want, we want to be a higher number, but we don't want to encounter a, a higher, higher number. number. Right. Not at all. What if you had a close encounter of the third kind? I mean, video, video, video after video. It is a very, very good scientifically based YouTube page, and you can get yourself lost for weeks if you want to. That's my recommendation. Well, I'm going to recommend that you either download the History app or, like Coach said, if you have DirecTV, get the History Vault. Look up the UFO Hunters Season 2, Episode 8, Alien Fallout, and watch this episode. They do a much better job than we ever did. And there's also several podcasts out there that go over this. I do not know their name, and I apologize, but that is my recommendation. Got anything else there, Slappy? Man, I don't know. I can't wait till the next week's episode, because we're going to do it for the second time. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to argue for the second time, too? I'm telling you, dude. We've done it. Check And check your archives, buddy. Cause I done did. Either either we did 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 do it. We did did do it or we do either, do it. it. Either we did it and you lost it, which I don't think that's possible. Or we are. I am one thousand percent experiencing a Mandela effect event, like a deja vu, slipped into a parallel universe type event in real life. Period. Bottom line. I'm going with the latter. <laughs> You all climb that ladder, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, deuces. 